Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, we thank you this morning for a wonderful day that you have made. We ask that your spirit will guide us through all the services today and that your will would be done in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We worship you, Lord, for what you are doing and we thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hello. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Let's read from verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled. Amen. And his sleep broke from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is a very important story. Uh, It it tells us a lot, first of all, about dreams. But um, it also tells us something about the accuracy of the word of God. Hallelujah. Um, Let's read on. And the Bible says in verse 5, The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. Sometimes you dream and when you wake up, you cannot remember the dream, but you you know that you had a bad dream. And you don't know what you dreamt about. Or you can't even remember the details. Now, it may be a very important dream. Sometimes the devil prevents you from remembering your dreams. So he called the astrologers and so on and uh, they came and they told him, you just tell us a dream and we will tell you the interpretation. But the king was a bit wiser because everybody can interpret a dream. If you, were, if you had a dream that you were walking on a road and then you saw uh, a heap of sand and the heap of sand turned into gold and then you wake up there are several interpretations. One could be that God wants you to be a sand and stone contractor. Another could be that God is going to bless you very much and you are going to become rich. Another could mean that uh, whatever business you are doing is going to work and uh, you are going to become very rich. There are 101 uh, meanings of every dream. So the king knew that if I tell these people this dream, they will conjure up 
some kind of meaning. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So he, he said, if you don't tell me the dream first, what I dreamt, and then after that, tell me the interpretation, I will not believe you. Nobody could do that. So he said that all the astrologers and magicians were very bad people, so they should all be killed. So they were going to kill God's people as well, who were also seen in that capacity as astrologers and wizards and so on, because they were spiritual people. Sometimes God's men look like almost, you know, wizards. Hallelujah. Because of the way certain things work out sometimes. So Daniel and his three brethren, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were called upon that they were going to be executed soon. So Daniel said, you wait, I'm going to pray. When I pray, God is going to show me the dream. And then God is also going to show me the interpretation. So he prayed. And when he prayed, the Bible says God revealed to him the dream that somebody else had dreamt. Isn't that wonderful? So immediately you can know that the interpretation is also going to be true. Hallelujah. If the revelation of the dream was smooth, then the revelation of the interpretation will also be smooth. Hallelujah. So they brought the dream. I want us to look at the dream. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 30. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes. Hallelujah. That thou mightest know for, for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and beheld a great image. This image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, and his breast and his arms of silver. Verse 32. And his belly and his thighs of brass. Verse 33, and his legs of iron, and his feet part of iron and part of clay. And thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no man, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Hallelujah. Now, listen to the interpretation of that dream. It says, Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom of power, strength, and glory. Verse 38. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand and hath made thee ruler over them. Thou art this head of gold. After thee shall rise another kingdom inferior to thee and then another kingdom of brass which shall bear rule over all the earth. And then a fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. Hallelujah. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, 
as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou saw the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, that kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou saw iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes were part of iron and part of clay, so shall the kingdom be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sowest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of man, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron cannot be mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, all that this story, how many have read this story before? Alright. Now, um, Michael, please come. I just want to use Michael as a little demonstration. This is the dream that stand here. Just stand there. Okay, so you stand there till I finish preaching. Now, this is the vision or the dream that Daniel saw. All that this dream tells us is that the Bible, this book, is different from other books. That this book is reliable. That whatever you read in this book, you can put your life on it. You can walk into the grave with confidence. You can bury somebody with confidence when you know what this Bible says. Without this book and this book telling us what to do, we are walking in darkness like a blindfolded man. Hallelujah. This dream was a dream that somebody had many, many, many years ago. These are proven facts. You see, because today, it's not only the true Christian church which exists, but we have the false church. We have the fetish, we have Buddhism, we have Islam, we have Farrakhan, we have all sorts of beliefs. If you go to the Far East, they have millions of gods. Millions of gods. I was recently talking to somebody who went to the Far East and they were telling me every single house has a god. Every single, just like in, in Accra, some places, every house has a god. And in the morning, they give some food to the gods on the road and then in the evening or so they give some food to the demons they say the demons are down and the gods are up and every day you see in front of their house they give food to the gods of the whole city millions and millions of people are worshipping other things so in as much as we are worshipping Christ we are worshipping God through Jesus Christ that is not the only thing which is being worshipped there are other things which are claiming to be doing what we are also doing. So we have to know whether we are on solid ground. We have to know whether we are on safe ground. Because I don't want to die and find out that what I believe was not true. I don't want to die and find out that there is a, uh, you have to be a Buddhist to go to heaven. I don't want to die and find out that all that I believe in is not true. So I want to be sure that I am on solid ground. I am also a scientist. Somebody told me once you was a scientist and I thought about it for some time. I realized that I was also a scientist because I'm a doctor. Being a scientist myself, 
I, I also want to analyze and see whether this thing is true. Now, when you read the Bible, you, you are going to find out that it is an accurate book, apart from the fact that it is, it is the Word of God, it is accurate. Apart from the fact that it's accurate, you'll find out that historically, that is from the past to now, the Bible has proved itself to be true as it has predicted what is going to happen in the future. You see, Daniel was, was there, let's say, in the, in the days of, um, uh, uh, let's say, Nkrumah. And let's say that there was a prophet in the days of Kwame Nkrumah. And Kwame Nkrumah had a dream. And when he woke up, he was confused. And he called somebody who was a, a prophet or a pastor and asked him, what is the meaning of my dream? And he told the man that if you don't tell me the dream that I dreamt last night, I am not going to tell, I, I not, I'm not going to believe the interpretation that you are going to give me. All Kwame Nkrumah's fetish priests and uh, 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 shrines and so on are not able to say. But one man of God gets up and comes to him in the castle and says, this is the dream that you had. And when he tells him the dream, Kwame Nkrumah says, yes, it's true, that's the dream I had. And then he goes on and says that this is the meaning of the dream. And that's exactly what happened in this, in this story. The Bible says that he said, I had a dream and said that there was a man standing there and the man's head was gold. Many, many, many years before all these things happened, he said that you are the head of gold. That means that what he was trying to say was that the head of gold signifies a particular kingdom. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Then he told Kwame Krumah, let me use Kwame Krumah because you, you may not understand what I said in the book of Nisa. He said that after you, just after the head coming down, there was a, a breast, I believe, and then some arms made out of silver. Is that not the case? And he said that this silver and the breast and so on signify another kingdom that is going to come after you. So, after Kwame Nkrumah came who? <laughs> who ruled after Kwame Nkrumah? Kotoka just overthrew him, but somebody ruled. Ankara or Buzia? Ankara, for how long? Two or three years. So, he was saying that after you, another kingdom shall come. And then he described them. As we continue to read the book of Daniel, you'll see some other dreams just like that. God kept on showing him the same thing in different dreams. And that one, some of the details were even more classic. Another kingdom is going to come. And exactly what the man said is what happened. Another kingdom called the Medes and the Persians came after Babylon. You see, in those days, it was like there was one dominant kingdom. It seems that all, over the, all through the history of mankind, there's always been one nation that seems to rule the whole world. Like now, one nation that seems to rule the whole world is America. Because even in Ghana, we are using dollars. Everything has been pegged to the dollar. Everything is related to the dollar. Even in Tamale, it's related to the dollar. Kumasi is related to the dollar. Everything that we are doing is related to what is happening in America. So in a certain sense, America is ruling the world. Uh, when, when it is in the interest of America, they will invade a country. When it's not in their interest, they won't invade. When there was a, when there's a fight in uh, Kuwait, because Kuwait money 
has bought the whole of London and Kuwaiti money, Kuwaiti oil and Kuwaiti money is all over the world. And America has so much interest in Kuwait, they also stepped in and then fought. But uh, when uh, uh, Charles Taylor was destroying Liberia, they, didn't, they have not said anything or they have not done anything. When other countries are invading other countries, they don't say anything. When uh, Kabila was also coming to overthrow Mobutu, they, 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 just, they just watched. And they supported Mobutu. But when Mobutu has been overthrown, they didn't also say anything. So when it is in their interest, as all selfish governments and human beings, they will stand up to say something or do something about it. So in a sense, they are, they are ruling the world. And in a certain sense, they are the dominant kingdom. Now, God was saying that after you, the book of in the kingdom of Babylon, another kingdom is going to come, the Persians. And they are also going to be a very mighty kingdom. And then after the arms and the legs, there was the waist and then the thighs, which was made out of brass. And this kingdom was going to be another kingdom, which was going to come. And then there was going to be a fourth kingdom, which was made of iron, the legs. And then the feet and the toes were made out of a mixture of iron and clay. Now, notice just a few things about this story because it has happened exactly. After Babylon came another kingdom which was the Medes and the Persians. They came and they dominated. Then after that came the Greeks with Alexander the Great. This is also history now. Those of you who learned history in school, this is history. History lesson. After these people came, these people, and, and this had been predicted and written down 500 years before it happened. And then after Alexander the Great came the Roman Empire. And that Roman Empire existed until, you see, the Bible says, a stone was cut out of a mountain, not made with hands. And the Bible says that a kingdom shall come which will last forever. We are talking about the kingdom of God here. We are talking about the reign of Christ. And you must remember that it was when the Romans were in charge of the world that Jesus Christ was born. You remember Herod and all the Roman governors and so on. They were all there at that time. So at that time, as it were, that kingdom was there. And then a stone that was not formed with hands. What is a stone that is not formed? That is it's not a human thing. Came. And another kingdom that is not formed by human beings would arise. Now exactly as was predicted, that happened. Now one more thing that you have to notice is that the Bible says that the feet and the arms and the legs, the, the feet and the toes were made out of iron and clay. Ten toes. Some were iron, some were clay. That means that they could not mix up. Now what you must realize, I, I, I would like to, you know, read to you again. You see that the Bible says that that stone which was formed without a hand was lifted up and was thrown at the toes, at the feet of, of the image to destroy it. Now you realize that the Roman Empire, or what was the Roman Empire? Many years ago, Jesus came during that empire, but about 400 years after Jesus died, that Roman Empire has sort of dissolved. However, now, as we are standing, this same Roman Empire is coming together again. The same place which was the Roman Empire is now reforming. 
under the European Union. In fact, I remember one day I was sitting on a flight from London to Geneva or something, and then I, they, I had a newspaper, and I looked, and there I saw something. When I saw it, immediately struck me that this is a fulfillment, fulfillment of prophecy, but people don't... I wonder how many people realize it. At that time, Margaret Thatcher was ruling, and they showed a picture of Margaret Thatcher in a big Roman um, Colosseum. Is that what they used to call it? Where the gladiators and so on would fight. And then the headlines were Margaret Thatcher in the Roman Empire or Margaret Thatcher in the, in the Roman uh, theater or something. Something like that. And she was going to negotiate and they are always quarreling. And you realize that that is the same empire. Rome is there. Rome is Italy. France, England, Germany, that, that, all that place which was governed by Rome, all the way down Israel, all those places were governed by the Roman Empire. It was like the dominant kingdom is coming back together to form the same kingdom that used to exist. And then it says that the feet and the toes were made of iron and clay. That means that they cannot mix together properly because you can't mix iron and clay, which is exactly what is happening now. Realize that the kingdoms of the nations cannot come together properly. That is why they are finding it so difficult to come together. Because they speak different languages, number one. In Rome, they speak Italian. In France, they speak French. In, in, in Germany, they speak German. In England, they speak English. In Norway, in Sweden, they speak Swedish. In Holland, they speak Flemish. In Belgium, they speak Belgian, uh, Flemish, and French. It is only us in Africa who have agreed to an absurd idea of being divided into French-speaking and English-speaking. Somebody has come to tell us that our language must be French-speaking or English-speaking. Anyway, that is another topic altogether. Hallelujah. But... So they, they, so they cannot really mix together. So that's why England doesn't want to come. They want to have one currency. They want to have a, a, a currency that is going to be called the, the euro. Euro dollar. Or whatever. But the English people don't want it. Because they say that the pound has been there for hundreds of years. And they cannot believe the pound that there will be no more pounds sterling. Powerful pounds. So there's so much mixture going on, but, that, but it's coming together, and that is how it's going to be. And the Bible says that a stone will be cast out of the mountain, and that thing will be cast at that Roman Empire. Cast out of the mountain, and that thing will be cast at that Roman Empire on the feet. That is the part where it's trying to come together when it's not. It cannot mix. And then a, a new kingdom will be formed which will last forever. That is to tell us that we are in the era when Jesus Christ will return again to his, establish his kingdom forever and forever. Amen. Are you understanding me today? If all the first parts have happened, then you can believe and know that the last part is also going to happen. That's right. And what I realized, you see, when you say that a stone that was carved without hands is what strikes me. And that is going to be is going to be thrown at a particular part of the image, which stands for the Roman Empire. 
when that thing exists. Now, I, I know that this story may sound strange, but if some, a pastor had come and a student said, after coming Krumah, is going to come another man called Kotokawa. He will last for just two or three days. And then another man called Ankara will come. And then after that, another uh, government will come. That is Buzia. How long did Buzia last? Two or three years. But he shall not be very strong. And we go to the book of Daniel. They have described how the kingdom will be. Then after him shall come another one, being who a champion. And he shall reign for about 13 years. How long was a champion with us? Under him, the nation shall go through various phases. And then another one shall come, who shall also reign for 19 years. <laughs> or we don't know whether it's going to be extended. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And that this is what is going to happen. And after this will come this. After this will come. But during the reign of the one who shall come to reign at a certain time, this also shall happen. If we are living in the era where we have seen all those things fulfilled, when it has been predicted years ago by a past, you must know that the last part is also going to be fulfilled. Yeah. All I'm sharing with you today is to tell you that this is the Bible. It's different from every other book. It is the Word of God. It is the most widely distributed book in the whole world. The most published, most printed, most sought-after book in the whole world. Most accurate, historically, archaeologically, chronologically, every way. It is the most accurate book. If this book tells us there is heaven and hell, you have to believe that there is heaven and hell because there is heaven and there is hell. If this book tells you that after this death, you shall be judged and God will put you before his throne and tell you to answer, you must know that you will answer. If this book tells you that you must bow your knee, that every knee shall bow, it means that your knee will bow and you better bow now. If this book is telling you that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, it means that even the tongue of Muhammad shall confess that Jesus Christ is actually the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This morning you must understand that we are dealing with a different book. We are dealing with the word of God. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but not a jot or a tittle of my word shall ever pass away. Luke 16, 17. The Bible says, God has purposed a thing, and he shall bring it to pass. God has purposed. Who shall disannul it? He has stretched out his hand. Who shall turn his hand back? Mm. When God has said, I will do something, nobody can turn it around. The Bible says, I, the Lord, I will do a thing and I will bring it to come to pass. This is what the Lord is saying. And if you are here today, you must understand that you must believe the word of God. You, must, you, must not, you cannot fight with God. That is one thing that you cannot do. When you fight with God, you will find out that you are a loser. Mm. God has shown us from history from even today that his word is true stand up to your feet everybody it's time our time is up close your eyes shall we pray as we close this morning service you want to say lord i accept you accept your word to be what it is there's no word like your word. Maybe you, you have assumed that some parts of God's word are not true. They are not going to come to pass. But today you must realize that you are dealing with something higher than you. Something to which you must bow. Something to which you must obey. Something to which you must yield. Something which will happen. You cannot go contrary to God's word and succeed. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus.
we give you praise and we give you glory hallelujah 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 thank you father in jesus mighty name if you are here this morning you want to give your life to jesus christ i want you to stand to your feet to raise up your hand if you are here you want to be born again you are not born again you want to give your life to christ can you raise up your hand please and i want to pray with you hallelujah father we thank you for those who are here this morning thank you that everyone here under the sound of my voice is born again when the person uh, when all of us finally stand before you we thank you that we shall be ready to serve you to obey you and to worship you even in your presence we give you thanks in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. you may be seated put your hands together for the lord We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching by Bishop Doug Heward Mills of the Lighthouse Chapel International. For further copies or a catalogue of books, audio and video cassettes, write to DGTP, Care of Lighthouse Chapel International, PO Box 114, Kolebu, Accra, Ghana, West Africa, or call 662055, 662055. God richly bless you. But if you haven't thought about him, you shouldn't marry him. Amen. Because it takes love to submit. I've seen some wives who are married and they can't submit to the man. They can't. They find it difficult to follow such a person. They, they are even shy to go with a person in public anywhere. They enter a relationship and they will be here, the husband will be here, the brother will be here, this one will be there. They, they are shy of the person. Don't be shy. You can't be shy. That's right. That's right. Amen. It takes love. I'll tell you women, it takes love to do the things you have to do in marriage. And I can see that some women do not love their husbands anymore. I'll tell you, women, if you really love your husband, show him that you love him. Not by cooking food, but by submitting to him. Yeah. Ask any husband. When a husband is going to feel the love of his wife, it's by her submission to him and to what he wants to be done. Captain Map, is it not true? Is it not true? Is it not true? <laughs> Hallelujah. Once captain is here, I'm safe. <laughs> Number 15. A woman who is in constant interaction with her divorced mother. You see, when you are in constant inter- having constant interaction with your divorced mother, you, you, you will be getting the spirit of divorce. Slowly. Through various comments. One day I was listening to a certain daughter talking. I said, you see, you are talking just like your mother. But the mother would say, as for men, as for men, as for men. I said, ah, why are you saying as for men, as for men? Where did you learn it from? Which men do you know? The idea that you, you are getting, you are getting it from there. The next one, a woman without brothers. Amen. A woman without brother, she's not used to men. Hallelujah. Now you're not used to the way boys behave. You're not used to it. You fight it. Hallelujah. 
So a woman, if you don't have any brother, you are now married, you may find it difficult to eat with, stay with them. My wife has a lot of brothers. A lot of brothers. Her brothers can eat. When the brothers are moving into food realm, you see that, yeah, major people have come around. At times, you see that food that has been prepared for about five or six people. One of her brothers has passed through the area, and the whole place is clean. Six people's food, all is gone, all are, all, all gone. So when she married me, she was always saying, "Oh me, I don't eat much. Me, I don't eat much. Me, I don't eat much." Because she's used to the way the brothers will eat this one, this one, and in her house where she was, her pants, the pants in the house are big like that. 13 children, big children, everybody with ability. <laughs> but when you have somebody who is not used to them, it's like they come around and say, ah, why, why are, you, you, are you a gorilla? What, what, what are you doing? They just come in eating every time, every day food, every day food, every day food. Every day there must be food, please. Amen. Some of you realize that you are writing that way because you are just not used to the idea. But if you are married to men, men they can. That's why you see at weddings sometimes the ashes and so on, you see they are very, very active because they are eating. <laughs> Amen, the brothers. The next one is a woman who cannot cook. <laughs> A woman who cannot cook will not like to submit. Because, you see, she, does, she cannot do the things she's supposed to do. You see, sometimes you don't know why somebody is fighting. Because the things that she's supposed to do, she can't really do them. And so she's bringing up other fights from other areas. The next one, a woman who bears a grudge against all men. If you are a woman who bears a grudge against all men, you will find it difficult to submit to your husband. You hate men because of what this one did to you. There are times I've told my wife, do not let me pay for the sins of your brothers. There are times I've told my wife, do not let me pay for the sins of your father. There are times I've told my wife, do not let me pay because maybe I'm not like your father, but you are expecting that I will behave just like him. But that is not how I am. Amen. So when you have a grudge against all men, you can easily transpose it into that. But I'm not saying my wife has a grudge against She doesn't have a grudge against all men. Hallelujah. The next one, women in certain professions which suffer from endemic divorce. Women in certain areas, I'm saying women in certain professions. Can Reverend Saki give me an example? Women in certain professions which suffer from endemic divorce. Do you know any profession? Reverend, yes? Lawyers. Lady lawyers have suffered from divorce. And how about judges? Lady judges. The legal profession. I put it to you. I will sue you tomorrow. Hey, you are suing your husband. And what else did the lawyer say, Reverend Zaki? I beg to differ. Hey. 
Hallelujah. But there are some people who are not lawyers. They are more cantankerous than any lawyer that has been trained. Hallelujah. Because sometimes the law is by nature. It's not by training. Because some people, the law is in them. Amen. They flow in legal things. Hallelujah. Captain, amen. The next one, we are almost finished today. A woman, have I told you a woman who earns more money than a husband? We've done that. Good. We did that? A woman? No, okay. They are different. When you are richer, it's different from when you earn more. So if you earn more than your husband, it's also a different thing. Amen. And wives, you must see that it's a blessing that you are earning more than your husband. I remember when I got married, my wife was earning more. My wife was earning 28,000. I was earning 25,000. <laughs> Amen. Yes, and I think the increase has paid to 29,000. And I was earning 25,000 as a doctor. <laughs> Amen. And she earned more money than I have. If you, if you earn more, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want my wife to earn more money. Ah, I want my wife to earn money. We need money. Or oh, you don't need money. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need money. Send your wife to earn money. It's very good. But wives, don't let it be a problem. My, 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 wife, my wife is... You see, I remember one time my wife and she had a lot of money. She earned a lot of money. When I came to see her, she just gave all the money to me. Then I started to give her the, the money that she gave me. I was giving her some. Clap for her. Clap for her. <laughs> I don't want her to lose the money. Hallelujah. But that is marriage. That's life. Hey, if you earn more, praise the Lord. It's good to have a wife who earns money. Husbands, when you are looking for a wife, also look for a wife who can earn money. Amen. Because when she can't earn money, she will always be annoyed with you. Eh, I'm always wearing the same dress to convention. It's always the same dress. Haven't you seen others who are always wearing nice dresses to convention? Last year, Anakazo did the same dress that I wore to convention. This year convention, this is the same dress that I'm wearing to convention. I've always got the same mama. You haven't shown any mama for me since I married you. Don't worry. Believe God. Don't complain. Amen. It will be well with you. Husbands, don't, don't just look at the beautiful face. Because beautiful faces don't bring money. Beautiful faces want paint to make them more beautiful. They want dresses to make them... Beauty depends on so many things, including your dressing. Hallelujah. So, it is good. See it as a good thing. But wives, it's a, also a possible... Because you are the one earning the money, it may be that you can be some way. Shake your wife or your sister sitting next to you as a person. Don't be some way when you are earning more. Dr. Joyce, are you earning more money than your husband? <laughs> the last one. A woman who married in desperation. She was 34 years old. There was no husband coming. The, the, some people said there's a brother who has just come from 
Milano, Italy, and uh, he's also a good brother, but only that he doesn't speak English. Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, we want to just advise you. And you are desperate, and you just marry. As you go along, and you have to do the things of marriage, you may find it difficult to obey. Hallelujah. So turn to a sister and say, don't marry in desperation. When the Lord is blessing you, open up and receive the blessing. Don't be proud. You see, one of the things is Christian sisters in the flower of the age, the time that they are most attractive, the time that the butterflies are coming to drink of the nectar. <laughs> they are very, very proud. Me, me, you want to marry me. When you look at yourself and look at me, do we, do we co- compare? You don't have a car. You don't have anything. You walk every day up and down, sweating. Look at your shirt. Look at your shirt. Very dirty. And they are very... But you have to have, to have bright eyes for future. Archbishop Idahosa said, marry somebody with bright eyes for future. It's not how the person is today. It's how he is going to be tomorrow. Because those who are going to be great today, t- tomorrow, they are small. Do you know that the future president of God, nobody knows who it is. The future president, the vice president, the future ministers of security, minister of information, minister of uh, 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 finance. We don't know. It could be one of you. Maybe a nobody today. But you are going to be. And that person may be just walking around like that, just around here. Maybe the person is even in church in this area here. Minister of uh, Security, stand up. The one who... He will stand the Minister of Security. <laughs> Standing to your feet, give the Lord a shout and a clap. As the person, how many of these categories? Find a Christian sister. Ask how many of these categories did you fall into? Is there any person who fell into all? I want to give you a special present. You fell into all. Give, give my sister. Are you sure? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Lift up your hands to the Lord. Mm. We are ready come. T'was grace that brought us, saved us far. T'was grace that brought us, saved us far. And grace will lead us home. Grace will lead us home. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. How sweet, how sweet 
somebody invited you to church but you are not born again you are not really a Christian you want to say pastor pray for me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to be a born again Christian please pray for me if you are here like that just stand wherever you are standing and lift up your right hand into the sky maybe somebody invited you but deep down in your heart you know that you are not really a believer just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'm going to pray for you as we close this service. God bless you. I see your hand. Lift it up high. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want God to take my life. I want to be a born again Christian. Lift it up high. High. God bless you. God bless you. All those of you who have lifted up your hands, I want you to come to the front and I'm going to pray with you. Come to the front. Come to the front and pray with you. I want to pray with you. Put your hands together for them as they come. I was lost. Yeah, but now I've found yes, love was blind. Now I see. Amen. Let's say this prayer. Close your eyes, say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, this morning I come to you. Forgive me for my sins. Please wash me. In the blood of Jesus, I accept Christ as my personal Savior. From today, I am a Christian and I will serve the Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for this. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.com daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.